Welcome to Marvelicious Toys, hosted by Justin and his amazing friends, Arnie and Marjorie. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more, because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. Join us at MarveliciousToys.com to find thousands of pictures of the items reviewed, chat with other listeners, find links to our Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube pages, support our Podbean crowdfunding campaign, and much more. They're not just toys. They're Marvelicious! Hello and welcome to Marvelicious Toys, issue 183. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie, and my spider sense is tingling, if you know what I mean. We always know what you mean. This is Justin. Yes, here we are back at Marvelicious Toys, celebrating the 10th anniversary of Spider-Man 3! (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've been wondering how code Spider-Man that's been around your household this last couple weeks. Okay, so... You know Code Spider-Man is the top level of the Arnie Mass hype threat chart, right? I think we've been at Code Iron Man, which is one level below that. I beg to differ. I'm seeing this from the outside. You know, sometimes when you're inside and suffering something, you can't see it. But we are at Code Spider-Man, and I think we need to, like, institute a level above Code Spider-Man now as it is. No, 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 no. We were just discussing... How few ancillary BS purchases I've made. But you made one to make up for them all, because you normally would not have bought this, but you wanted to buy it even before you saw the movie, and you had no idea even how it tied into the movie. No, I knew it was in the trailer. What Marjorie is obliquely referring to is I bought a drone. Oh, did you get that cool drone that you can fly around that they have on the store shelves now? Yes. Yes. There's two of them, and we found it. We didn't even know it was out. We were at Walmart checking the toy aisle, and they had the Spider-Man spider drone. This was about two or three weeks before the movie came out. And I'm like, hello, what have we here, Mr. $80 item? And I figured it had to be pretty cheap. My big question was, could I attach a phone to it or some kind of camera to it? Because it didn't have one. So I stood in the store and started Googling and found out that what this $80 drone was is basically a drone version, you know, whatever you call today's kids, the generation after millennials, their version of an RC airplane. You could fly it a little bit, it would go up, down, left, right, what have you, but it had no camera capabilities or anything like that. But if you got the $150 Toys R Us exclusive one, it has a camera built in. It has the lens in the front of Drony, as they call them in the movie, is a camera. (laughs) <laughs> That's pretty cool. So I'm like, you know, Marjorie calls it Code Spider-Man. I call it a drone, man. It, you know, it's like a, I don't have a drone. This camera on it is 720p. It's got a micro SD slot on it for filming up to 32 gig. I was like, all right, I, I could see myself having a little bit of fun with that. It wasn't hype for the movie. I didn't go out and buy... Any blind bag junk items or those grab zags or anything like that. I bought one item and it was a drone. Like I said, the drone cost more than you would have spent on all those ancillary items. I mean, it wasn't expensive as I thought, but I kind of knew what drones cost. My father got one for Christmas, deemed it not worthy enough, returned it and bought like a way more expensive one. But he does use it all the time. So 
And I hate to tell you, Arnie, my dad's has 4K. That's fine. I mean, this is my first drone. I'll say this much about it. We did an unboxing video. It's bigger than the one in the movie, a little bit. It doesn't fold down into a spider symbol. No, it doesn't. Oh, that was my next question. But <laughs> it has a battery that charges on USB. We went to fly it. We were going to do another live video showing it flying. We went to the park. This thing's a bear to get flying. I just hit the liftoff button. The thing started careening. All it was supposed to do was hover in the air. It, like, flew at a person, a complete stranger in the park, like it was attacking them. <laughs> drone attack, drone attack. <laughs> it almost flew in my face. Marjorie's like, don't do that. I'm like, I'm not doing it. But it is... Really kind of cool. It's 2.4 gigahertz, so its range, it isn't going to get up in the area where the FAA needed to be approving it or anything. <laughs> no. You're going to have to call ahead and get clearance before you take your drone out. <laughs> Some of them you do. This one, I mean, 2.4 gigahertz was, remember when you landlines were popular? One of the last generations of cordless phones was 2.4 gigahertz, so it has about the range of a cordless phone. But then it has Wi-Fi. It's a, it has a Wi-Fi router on this little drone. So you put your smartphone on Wi-Fi and you can see a live feed from the camera. That is cool. I have to say that I, I kind of like what Hasbro's doing with this. I don't even know what they call it. I mean, on the Star Wars side, it's part of the Black series. But over here, for the last few movies, they've been having this $90 item that they put out there. You know, we had the Iron Man helmet last year and we had that cap shield that isn't quite a high-end collectible, but it's a nice higher price point for something that, you know, would be a good gift purchase, I guess. And this, I mean, I like that they're being kind of clever with it. We've seen that they're coming out with a, a hammer for Thor and stuff like that. I, I should cut you off and tell you this isn't Hasbro, but it does fit exactly in that line of items you're talking about. It's not Hasbro, really. No, this is by Skyrocket Toys, makers of Sky Viper drones. Well, that's interesting because they... They have it sitting right there where that Hasbro hole is <laughs> in, mm -hmm. in retail. So they, wow, could I could I would have bet money that it was Hasbro. No, it's Sky Viper, which is if you go to Best Buy and see all the drones they have, you almost always see the Sky Viper brand. Interesting. The one thing I didn't do, if I was at Code Spider-Man, you know what I would have bought? And I did not even come close. The Sphero app-controlled Spider-Man that has, like, LCD eyes that close and open. Well, that's because we couldn't figure out what else it did. <laughs> yeah, what, what is that? <laughs> it's just a little chubby, fat Spider-Man. That's all it is, and I don't... Does he walk? He doesn't do anything. He doesn't walk. He doesn't do any of the things that a spider can. Exactly, Justin. It blinks. It's... Sensor lights up and it talks and you can play games with it. One person said it's a little bit like Alexa with an attitude. <laughs> so this doesn't seem like you would have even bought this even if you claim you were in Code Spider-Man because it doesn't do anything. And it's not really Spider-Man-y. It looks like a chubby toddler. <laughs> it looks like a Tokidoki it does. type of Spider-Man. Yeah, it's got a Mighty Mug type of feel to it. At least with the BB-8, you know, that's a toy you can play with. I'm not sure what, what you do with this for 150 bucks. No. Well, Justin, I hate to tell you, but most people who have the BB-8 haven't played with it since they got it. <laughs> <laughs> Ours was just sitting on the shelf in our living room. And I think like, maybe we've hauled it out once and that's it. <laughs> but the, the fact remains that it has potential to be played with. <laughs> yeah. 
So I feel like my hype was pretty mild going into Spider-Man. But what about the movie? Our review came out at NowPlayingPodcast.com yesterday where Jacob Stewart and I talked for three hours about this movie. Now, what came out yesterday is an edited down version of that, but we had a lot to say. I'm curious, though, what do you guys think? What? How was this Spider-Man for you? Let me say this. It's the, it's the best Spider-Man since The Amazing Spider-Man 2. No, it's the kidding. only <laughs> Spider-Man since the Amazing. Hey, can I get you to go a little further and say the best since Amazing Spider-Man one? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go further than that. Uh, in all honesty, I did not have a lot of expectations going into this movie just because I feel like we've been there, done that with Spider-Man, and personally, I didn't feel like I was missing anything by not having a Spider-Man movie this year. But I was still, you know, wanting to see it. I walked out of that movie thinking this was the most fun I've had in a Spider-Man movie ever. Like all the Tobey Maguire movies, the last two with Garfield. This was the most fun I've had watching Spider-Man. You know, when I heard that Spider-Man was going to be in Civil War, and I do realize that Tobey Maguire was way too old to pull that off. I was kind of like, oh, all right. It's probably not going to be really good. But I think Tom Holland knocked it out of the park as Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I wasn't sure how Tom Holland would do in this. He impressed me. I think he did really well. I think he embodied Peter Parker and Spider-Man. I think he had the right amount of usefulness and wonder and excitement on everything. And I think the movie was really good. I agree. I think he is the best Spider-Man. I said that coming out of Civil War, and now it just holds true. I'm right there with you guys. He's he's believable as a teen who's just coming to terms with his power and, you know, the eagerness to want to do good comes through there. But I, I'm really amazed with how well Sony and Marvel studios work together on this. It felt seamless. You know, I was a little afraid that this would be like a little bit of lip service. Like, yes, we're going to let Spider-Man play in the Marvel universe and a little back and forth, but it felt like for once Spider-Man's actually part of this this Marvel Cinematic Universe that we've been enjoying for almost 10 years now. Yeah, I agree. And I wonder how that's going to keep going now that the studio head who made that deal got pretty much fired after the Sony hack and the new studio heads seem intent on making their own Spider-Verse, although contractually they can't use Spider-Man. So they have Venom movie and the Silver and Black, Silver Sable, Black Cat movie coming out all without Spider-Man in them. That's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's a little little weird. We'll have to see what they do with that. How did you guys feel they merged the high school stuff with the superhero stuff, though? Because the director, he made no bones about it in interviews. He wanted this to be like a John Hughes movie for a new generation. I definitely got that watching it outside of even the obvious Ferris Bueller callback. At one point, I'm like, they're just ripping off Ferris Bueller. <laughs> then they showed a scene from Ferris Bueller. I'm like, at least they're owning that they're ripping off Ferris Bueller. But what about all the young adult-oriented stuff? I, to me, I think it plays fine. And I don't know if that's, you know, because I'm the father of a recently minted 12-year-old girl mm-hmm. who, who's acting like a 16-year-old at this point. But, you know, it. I've I've sat through quite a bit of teenage aimed pap over the years and you know so this this didn't come off anywhere near like Disney Channel type of crap for me. I I was enjoying it. I was never really bored. 
I think the the themes that they touch on are universal enough that it's not like they're trying to, you know, drive home any points that you feel like could be politicized or anything like that. It was just to me, it was basically a lighthearted Spider-Man movie without having to be bogged down with an origin story again. I kind of liked how they all seemed younger than everyone else did in the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Like, I was not buying Kirsten Dunst as a high schooler at that time because she just didn't have that aura about her whatsoever. But I totally buy the other people in his class as high schoolers. And, you know, I didn't know who Zendaya was before this movie, but she pulled off angsty kind of teen I thought. I thought she did okay. Justin, you're the parent of a 12-year-old. Did you know Zendaya? She looks familiar. I couldn't tell you from what, though, but I'm guessing she's a Disney actress because she looks familiar. She was in a lot of Disney shows. I think she's the star of KC Undercover, and she was in the Disney Channel remake of the Scott Bayo movie Zapped. <laughs> they remade that movie? Yes, only she has a magic cell phone that allows her to control boys. Is Buddy Lembeck in that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. I'm gonna have to go look that up, even though it sounds terrible. Yeah, no, I, it's not like um, we sit around watching Disney Channel around here that often. My daughter's kind of past that age now, but no, yeah, Zendaya looked familiar to me, and I enjoyed her performance. You know, if you have to have an angsty teen, hey, there you go. She did it right without overdoing it. Did you take your daughter? Did she enjoy the film? She hasn't gone yet. Her and the wife are on a road trip, so I took my my 22-year-old son with me, and we we were there watching a teenage movie together, and it was fun. <laughs> I did feel a little bit old in that audience. I couldn't <laughs> believe the amount of high schoolers versus lack of adults opening night. We had a lot of trendsters there. I mean, it kind of was the place to be seen in town for the 7 o'clock IMAX showing, I felt. If you had to have mom drop you off, that is. <laughs> you know what I really like? One of my favorite parts of this movie was the back and forth between between Holland's character and Favreau's character. You know, just the yes. constantly hounding Happy for a new mission or what's next. That was, that was great. <laughs> I liked his rapport with Ned or... I mean, it's obviously Genki from the Ultimate Spider-Man comics, but they called him Ned here. I really enjoyed their Death Star building back and forth and that he had a friend to hang with. That's something that he's never really had. He had girlfriends who knew his Spider-Man identity, but never really had a buddy know. Yeah, it was an interesting addition to the Spider-Man lore that we haven't had in any of these movies, at least. It was a little bit Batman Beyond. I was kind of thinking about all the guys in the chair that... Ned wanted to be, and I was thinking about Bruce Wayne and Batman Beyond, and I was thinking about, honestly, a lot of Batman, the way Alfred and Batman versus Superman, the way Alfred was telling him where to go, and that kind of thing. I couldn't think of a lot of Marvel people in a chair scenarios. Yeah, I mean, outside of, like, the entirety of S.H.I.E.L.D., but we never really see S.H.I.E.L.D. giving direct orders to any of the <laughs> heroes on screen. The movie had a lot of characters in it. Iron Man, Vulture, Shocker, Tinkerer, Scorpion, Spider-Man. Can't think of who else might have had a minor appearance. Who was your favorite like character outside of Spider-Man that they adapted? I'm going to tell you this. I really like the conceit of where these supervillains came from, first and foremost. Like That, to me, is kind of a clever way... To build inside the Marvel Universe that we already know. Yeah, just to spell it out, this is the first couple minutes of the movie, so no spoilers. 
They're guys who were hired by New York City to clean up right after the Chitari attack in 2012, and then damage control takes over for them. They're out of work, and so they take some Chitari tech and become arm dealers. Arms dealers. Yeah, I think that's great. That's a that's a great story and a way to tie it all together. So with that said, I really kind of dug the look and feel of Vulture, but I also like how subdued they were with these characters. You know, when we get to Shocker, it's not the comic version of the dude wearing a mask and quilted clothes throughout. It's, you know, it's a it's a guy with a piece of weaponry he has on his arm and a little bit of a quilted sleeve, just enough to kind of let you know that that's, you know, a throwback to the, the old comic look. And I, I liked the way that they took care of that without having to go back to, you know, thinking back to the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, just how over the top Green Goblin seems now. You know, it's like, why would a guy go that to that length to build a green suit of armor with that mask and everything? This feels more grounded in reality than any previous Spider-Man villain has. I like how this movie tied in with the others in the Avengers universe without, I thought, pandering. It was very organic how it happened. I liked the Peter Parker footage from his POV during the Civil War battle at the hangar in, was it Bulgaria or something, wherever they were fighting. I kind of liked that. I thought that was a neat way of doing it. You got his excitement right off the bat of one being in the fight with the other Avengers, being in awe of Tony Stark. And I think that it just, it happened very organically given Peter Parker's propensity for shooting things on film, whether it be camera, and it makes sense that this day and age it'd be YouTube. I thought that was kind of nice and seamless. And I like how they tied in the Chitari battle with the Junkers, so the salvage crew cleaning this up. But did this blow away a storyline in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now? Or is this kind of screwed Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since these guys are arms dealers? It does feel like an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. In fact, there's a one shot that came with the Avengers Blu-ray. It was a like a, a not a pilot, but so much as like a proof of concept for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. called Item 47, where a couple of kids got their hands on a Chitauri gun that was left after the Battle of New York and become bank robbers, and S.H.I.E.L.D. has to take them down. So I did feel like, well, they already used this Chitauri leftover weapon plot once. Sure, but, you know, I mean, it's not, you know, not everybody follows S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, this is a big screen release, and... I, I think it's a good way to start a movie to give us a foundation of where we are. In 2020? We're in 2020? <laughs> <laughs> they put this eight years after the Battle of New York. So I understand what they're trying to do. They're being very open about copying Harry Potter. Each Spider-Man movie is going to be one year of his high school life. And since they're doing one every other year, that last movie's coming out. His senior year will be 2020. So I think that they were saying this is 2020 so that when the next movie, when the third movie comes out in 2020, we'll be in like 2022 and be closer to accurate. So wait, now I have questions about the timeline. So when did Civil War take place then? Civil War was never really locked down in the timeline. I read somebody who did this very deep analysis of all the tie-in comics and things and Initially, we thought these movies were just happening when they happened, but around the time of Avengers, there were some retcons that said Iron Man 1, despite coming out in 2008, took place in 2010, and then Iron Man 2, Hulk, and Thor all took place in the exact same week of 2011, but Avengers is locked into 2012, as is Iron Man 3. 
Thor The Dark World is tied into 2013, and the Guardians of the Galaxy films are tied to 2014, as is Winter Soldier. But then it's like really vague, and what people think is that they're shifting the whole timeline, and so the new one would say that like, nothing really happened for about five years. (laughs) 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 That basically, Thor The Dark World happened in 2013, and everybody sat with their thumbs up their butts until 2018 when Winter Soldier took place, <laughs> making Avengers 2 and Ant-Man 2019 and Civil War and Homecoming 2020. <laughs> okay, sometimes it's best not to to ask and try to figure this all out. I mean, my only question is, is if we're supposed to believe he's 15 and it's 2020 now, then that means that Civil War couldn't have been much more earlier than 2019. No, it's supposed to be the same year, really. It was like two months earlier than this movie. Okay, but that's the way it seemed on screen, Mm -hmm. you know? But did you hear what they revealed? Apparently Kevin Feige came out and said, if you remember Iron Man 2? I was going to bring this up. This is awesome. That little kid who stood in front of a hammer drone with the Iron Man mask, that little kid who was like six years old, was now retconned. That was Peter Parker. That is awesome. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the Stark Expo was there in Queens. Even at the beginning of this movie, they drive by the Expo Globe. And so if that was in 2011 and that kid was like six, being 2020 would make sense because a 15-year-old sophomore in high school. Whereas if this was taking place in 2017, he'd only still be like 11. Yeah, 11, 12. This is all very confusing. Where (laughs) is the Pablo Hidalgo of the Marvel Universe who can spell this out for us? Hey, Disney, I work cheap if you need a timeline guy. <laughs> hey, I, I'll vouch for that. He's, he's just anal enough to do it. I am anal enough to do it, and I'm apologist enough that I can retcon like a mofo. And he knows his way around a spreadsheet. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> I can be your continuity guy. I know you need one. <laughs> so as far as things that we've seen on screen and things that we've seen offered as toys, there is only one figure that I feel like I either need to make a custom of, or I hope that they offer in a future wave. Ned? <laughs> Ned would be cool. Ned with a sp- <laughs> ultimate Spider-Man mask on would be kind of cool. But what I really want is Spider-Man wearing a suit with his high school physics team, whatever, math team. A- the academic decathlon. Academic decathlon yellow jacket on over the Spider-Man suit. That was a great look. I'm- I agree. That is... Would be a very great figure. I really like the poster that they have with that. Because you don't know what the jacket is until you see the movie. Yeah, could have, I thought for, you know, before I saw it, he might have been getting into real estate. <laughs> or, or he was in the Masters. It is that Century 21 color. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, he took Shooter McGavin's jacket. Yes. <laughs> I'd say that I would love a Hot Toys Vulture with some ginormous wings. Oh, yeah. And I'm, hey, I I can't see why they wouldn't make that. They, they were going to make Rhino, for God's sake. Yes. <laughs> Don't remind them, please. I, I actually was sitting in Spider-Man Homecoming, talking to Stuart, co-host of Now Playing, and explaining to him the Hot Toys Rhino and my big dilemma on if I'd be forced to buy it. <laughs> 
but I would happily buy this vulture instead, especially if he had a couple of nice lifting claws and things. I don't know. There weren't a lot of toyetic things in this movie, though. It did feel more grounded. I've ordered the Iron Man. I've ordered the Spider-Man. But I, I don't see this as a huge thing where you can come out and buy all these toys. I guess that's why they had to paint him blue for the Spider-Man kids line. You've got the homemade suit, you've got the Stark suit, and you've got Iron Man, and you've got Vulture, and that's about it. And I think that's what's kind of appealing to me. You know, even though we collect the toys, for years we've seen so much Spider-Man stuff that at this point it would feel rote to continue down the same path that they've done before. And, you know, as this goes forward, I'm sure we'll see many different suits. I'm sure we're going to see stealth Iron Man suits on him in movies. We're going to see probably an Iron Spider at some point, you know. So there's there's an opportunity going forward for them to make just a ton of movie-style Spider-Man suits. Did you notice his homemade suit, when he first put it on, really looked like Scarlet Spider with the hoodie? Yeah, that was a nice that was a nice little touch that they threw in there. Also, did you know who the voice of Karen, the AI of the suit, was? Who was it? That's Jennifer Connelly. Interesting. Who is married to Paul Bettany, voice of Jarvis. <laughs> Why did I think he was married to somebody else? No, he's married to Jennifer Connelly. Is that the girl from the one movie with Requiem for a Dream? Yeah. That girl? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, have you seen that movie? No, I have not. Okay, never mind. It, there's one part of it that I quote frequently that is inappropriate, so... <laughs> Who's the voice in Tony suit now that that it's not Jarvis anymore? That is Carrie Condon, who's in Better Call Saul as Stacy. Hmm. I watched that show. I'm not quite sure who Stacy is. She was in 11 episodes of it. She was also in The Walking Dead as Clara. She was also in the TV series Rome as Octavia. Oh, okay. She's she's Mike's daughter-in-law. Okay. I know who she is now. So that's the voice of Friday. Interesting. I have one more question for Arnie in particular here. I know, I know you had a little bit of a Marissa Torme crush going on when we <laughs> first saw her in, in Civil War. What do you think about all the high-waisted pants she's wearing in this this movie? That was something. I got to ask, when she was teaching Peter to dance, were those yoga pants? No, those were high-waisted polyester pants. She's got quite a body. She could pull that off. They really made her dowdy in this, I felt. Didn't you, Justin? Yeah, I mean... Those glasses, her hair was parted in the middle, not styled. Yeah, it was almost like they were too scared to let Peter have a younger hot aunt. Even though they were still going to make hot aunt jokes, mm -hmm. they were scared to actually let her look as good as she can. And we were told at Toy Fair by Zach at Diamond, you were not allowed to call her Aunt May. She is May Parker because they don't want us to think of her as super old. Weird, because the movie did exactly that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, the glasses, the hair, the outfits. I mean, she looked really cute in Civil War. In fact, that's where everybody's like, holy crap, Marissa Tomei has aged beautifully. And then this happens, and she looks like she's in one day at a time. <laughs> I think they were trying to make her look harried and things, but yeah, it didn't do her a lot of favors. They didn't do much with her this movie. I'm looking forward to, if I can say this as obliquely as possible... What the end of this movie suggests is she'll have a bigger role in the next one. But if you want to hear all my spoiler-filled thoughts about that, head to nowplayingpodcast.com. And as far as the toys go, yeah, I'm 
Really looking forward to opening my Legends Vulture, though. It did get me excited. We also got some toys from our friends at Hasbro. We did do an unboxing of those on Facebook. The Talking Spider-Man is cool because it actually has Tom Holland's voice. Oh, wow. How'd they get him? Well, if you you recall, the Star-Lord one used Chris Pratt's voice. So this might be a trend. This time. That was always what was bugging me is when they'd come out with the toys in the past, those Titan tech figures. I'm like, why can't you just take lines from the movie and have Tony Stark's voice comes out of this or something? Because the lines you have them saying are so dumb. Yeah, I mean, I understand back in the day in the 80s where we maybe didn't have the ability to to take soundtracks from a movie and remove the background noise. But come on, in today's world, they're recording all this ADR separately and it's digital. They can just grab that file and put it directly in the toy. That said, it does sound like Tom Holland recorded brand new lines for this. Huh. But I did joke about Spider-Man 3. You know, they just came out with a new cut of that movie. Did you, you either of you catch it? What? They came out with the Spider-Man 3 editor's cut. It is available digitally through Amazon, which is how I rented it. Also, they released new Blu-ray sets of the Spider-Man films. There's a Raimi trilogy set as well as the amazing Spider-Man set. If you get the new Raimi trilogy set, it comes with Spider-Man 3, the editor's cut on Blu-ray. What, what? Usually it's a director's cut. What are they saying? That the director <laughs> screwed this movie up? <laughs> yes. The, the director's responsible for the jazz hands. <laughs> Apparently Raimi did supervise this. His name is still on the film. It's not all of a sudden an Alan Smithy project. <laughs> with the editor's cut because some editors do remove the some directors do remove their name when the film is recut without their involvement but nothing can save that movie <laughs> i'm sorry it's still <laughs> spider-man 3 it's just a few scenes are rearranged one scene of sandman and his daughter is added back in one really bad scene between harry osborne and his butler is removed but you still got dancing toby mcguire so yeah, the only thing that could really save that movie is if they somehow shot like an extra hour and a half footage of Venom that we've never seen and cut everybody else out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still got a multitude of problems. And in the new cut, it's kind of funny. He blows up Harry's face and then immediately goes dancing on the street. Like, I just killed my friend and I'm going to thrust. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> But let's put Spider-Man 3 behind us as a culture, shall we? (laughs) I did 15 years ago. It came out 10. Well, I was ahead of the curve. He's a hipster. (laughs) I didn't like Spider-Man 3 before it was out. (laughs) But next week, we will all finally get to party together again. San Diego Comic-Con. Yes, and we're not falling for any strip clubs saying that they have superhero strippers this year. So which strip club are you falling for? (laughs) Uh, The closest one to the airport is usually a good bet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not falling for a lot this year. In fact, I think this year is going to be the least I've spent on exclusives in my 12 years of going to Comic-Con. I guess, is this our 13th trip? God, I don't even know. Well, I will tell you, give you guys a little perspective because when we first started going to Comic Con, the first year we went, we decided like literally three weeks before we were going that we were going to go. Got our badges three weeks before, got a hotel room three weeks before, 
Not a problem. And in fact, that continued for a few years where we could even get a hotel downtown a few weeks before. Yes, this is our 12th trip. Our first oh. was 06, and this is 17. Yeah, this is this is my seventh. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Time flies when you're covering Comic-Con. But <laughs> there's a lot of exclusives, but there's not a lot of exclusives I'm buying. And a lot of companies where every year I'm like, I need that exclusive, appear to be sitting it out this year. You know, last year at this exact time, we were talking about how you were getting ready to spend $300 on a Jada Toys gold Hulkbuster. That was not Jada Toys, thank you. That was Bluefin. Bluefin. Okay, so... Jada make those metal figures that you see at all the stores with the big heads that look a little Funko-ish. So yes, Uh, at Entertainment Earth, they are going to have a Jada Toys Metal Gold Spider-Man, which I may get. I mean, I'm going to their booth anyway for other exclusives, and I think the cost on it is going to be like 15 bucks. Okay, so this isn't the same same type of thing that we were picking on you last year for hemming and hawing over. No, this is back-metalized gold. This is not 24-karat gold (laughs) like the Hulkbuster. (laughs) I still do not regret that purchase. Even if they didn't sell out at Comic-Con, and they still had it at New York Comic-Con and C2E2 (laughs) the next year. So I gotta ask, the the main thing that Marvel collectors are going to be interested in over at the EE booth is this... Funko Pop. (laughs) You think so? (laughs) I think the Funko collectors are cray-cray, and they've got an X-23... Laura Wolverine pop. Yeah, I mean, it's an exclusive pop. So, I mean, it'll it'll probably sell. But the thing that I think most people are going to be rushing over there for that I just I can't get myself excited for is the Marvel Legends A-Force Heroines six pack. Oh, sorry. I think I just broke my arm patting myself on the back for anticipating that that was going to be the Entertainment <laughs> Earth Toys R Us exclusive for Comic-Con. You did call it. I will give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited for this. I mean, female Loki, Lady Sif, She-Hulk, and I really like Singularity there because she just melds so perfectly with the background of the box. <laughs> well, they did throw, yeah, they threw a translucent one in there to try to try to get me. Ah, that's one of those things that I'm sitting here saying that I'm not excited about it, but this time next week. I'll probably be walking out of the convention center with one under my arms. But these are going to be some of the easiest exclusives to get. They're at the Entertainment Earth booth at Comic-Con, but they're Toys R Us exclusives. Toys R Us and EE have a partnership because Toys R Us itself isn't at Comic-Con, but on preview night or at the latest the next night on the 20th, these are going to all be up for order at ToysRUs.com and then... They'll probably show up at your local store, and in the case of many of these, they may just sit there. Yeah. I mean, this we've seen this before. You know, I don't know that they started off at EE's booth, but we've seen exclusive packs from Toys R Us in this scale sit around and sit around. But I don't know. What do you guess the price on this is going to be? I mean, minimum of 120 but is it going to have an exclusive bump? Is this going to be 130, 140? I'd say 125. We hope. So yeah, I'm thinking 120-ish sounds right, 125-ish. Oh, it's Toys R Us, but maybe 150. Now I see why you may not be so excited. <laughs> yeah, 50 bucks for, you know, for something like that. I would I would snag up without even thinking about it, but 
you know, at, at this price point, eh, I, I might just play the long game and see if I can't pick one up at, at, for clearance next year at Toys R Us. Okay, I'll be sure to post the picture of you carrying this away from Entertainment Earth. <laughs> and I'll quote that line. I'm going to wait and see if I can pick one of these up on clearance at Toys R Us. And you'll have a t-shirt ready for me to go. <laughs> you know, I can make that happen, Justin. You know, my dad does own a t-shirt shop. <laughs> Justin, playing the long game. <laughs> <laughs> but then i got to say, I'm a little let down by Lego. Now, they still may have some minifigures that they haven't announced, but instead of having nice little sets the way they had that Rocket Raccoon thing, this year, the Lego exclusive is Brickheads, Spider-Man, and Venom. Yeah, and I'm not crazy about the Brickheads. Are you guys? Uh, you know, I remember seeing the the press release that they released on this at Toy Fair last year, going through this whole line, and it just, it, it never did anything for me from the beginning and I just I do I don't see the appeal in it. I thought they were okay. I think they're kind of cute. At Toy Fair, they gave us a Batman and a Robin from the Lego Movie, and I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cute. You know, they weren't exclusive; they were just early release. But there's no faster way to make me run screaming from a line than make two of them impossible to get like this. Now <laughs> it's like, you know, I was on the fence, and you just pushed me outside your yard. <laughs> Well, is this going to be that raffle thing again where you line up for hours and hours and you click an iPad and they tell you whether or not you can even get in line? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, screw that. But there's been no word about Lego exclusive minifigures yet. Which is unusual. Jeez, maybe maybe there's not going to be minifigs this year. Maybe they're really trying to push these brickheads. They probably feel like there's more value to them. That could be if it's a new line. I mean, that's the quickest way to get people all in. Either that or make it easy to get. But the minifigures were at least a giveaway. So far, there's no word if they're doing that. I would be surprised if they don't have a minifigure I'm going to have to go online and pay $150 for, but... No one makes you do that. But I'm looking like I'm skipping the Lego booth. Entertainment Earth themselves... I have a feeling Daryl, who's going with us, will be buying their stuff there. I'm going to be skipping. I look upon their wooden figures with nostalgia of when I used to play with Fisher-Price, but not so much nostalgia that I feel like they're worth $30 for a Spider-Man and Green Goblin glider set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These would be awesome at, like, a buck. A buck fifty. <laughs> Or they just threw them at you as you walked by. That's. <laughs> <laughs> but the figures are like five or six bucks a piece. And then these little push puppets. They did the push puppet Groot last year. It was cute enough, but not cute enough for $9. And that's how I feel about the Spider-Man and Deadpool this year. The Groot was cute because it was wooden. And it was Groot. Yeah, and it was Groot. But this Deadpool, Justin, you're the biggest Deadpool fan of us. Is this doing anything for you? No. These push puppets are the things I remember getting like as souvenirs as a kid whenever we went anywhere you know I'd, I'd get a cowboy if we went to the the royal gorge or you know I mean it's just I don't know it's not hitting that that vintage feely part of my heart to even care enough about them I think it's supposed to be hitting that nostalgic bone in you though yeah and it's just it's missing yeah for me anyway Mezco I'll admit they got me I love their 112 collective line but i've already ordered them on their website so i don't have to stress i don't have to fret and i don't have to ship them home from the con they did i think this one's going to be one that a lot of people are going to want 
the Miles Morales Ultimate Spider-Man. I think you're right. I think that's going to be one, because I think the Miles Morales storyline was hugely popular. Yeah, he still is. I, I love that character, and I was one of the people eye-rolling when they announced him. I'm like, really? You're doing this really? But Bendis is a great writer of characters, and to make this an exclusive seems like a kick. Like, that's the only way you can get Miles Morales. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, Mezco has never never really said that they're going to be super easy to get. There's been things that went up and have been gone, and the only way to get them is on the secondary market. But You don't want to know what I paid for that Punisher that was there and gone. Ooh, yeah, the people went crazy for that one. But this, this one, I don't know. I'm still picky and choosy on these, and this one, any of the Spider-Men, you know, just it feels like a pajama suit to me, you know? It looks good, but there's not enough accessories going on over that stretchy material for me to get super excited about it. Well, that's what Spider-Man wears as a unitard. I mean, you saw the- <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not an indictment on the character or the toy. It's just this one isn't. This one doesn't feel like something I have to grab. I mean, I personally, I'm hemming and hawing over that Deadpool. I didn't pre-order, but if it's you know type of thing where I can walk into the line on a Saturday and grab one. I might do it. I like his alternate head. I like his base with the yellow and red X. And you were talking about accessories. There's a ton of accessories with him, even if it does look like, you know what he looks like in this blue and yellow outfit to me, though, especially with the piping. He looks like a color inverted kick ass. Like if the tint was off on your television and you were watching (laughs) the movie kick ass. (laughs) Very much so. (laughs) It's just the, the suit's a little baggy. Yep. And the piping, like you said. Uh-huh. <sighs> but yeah, this that's a line that, you know, I still dig it. And I go back and forth with that being my favorite line of figures between that and figure arts. And, and right now I'm feeling more love for figure arts than I am for this line. I've skipped a couple of the Mezco ones, but I wanted to get the exclusives and be sure I had them and have them shipped home. And the price isn't bad. I mean, they don't charge extra for their exclusives. Unless there's something like that Captain America that came in the cool tin. Right. Now, Funko. (laughs) Here's what I'll say on positive for Funko. Almost all their exclusives are shared exclusives with somewhere. So if you're sitting around on preview night, you can pretty much order most of them online. Sometimes you miss them, but most of all, you just about everything they do will be at Hot Topic or ToysRUs.com or GameStop or ThinkGeek. Target, Barnes yeah. & Noble. Mm-hmm. But they've got a good setup of Marvel stuff this year. There's not a single pop here I'm not thrilled for. I think my favorite, it's hard. I can't decide if my favorite is Tony Stark holding the Iron Man helmet or Gwenpool with the selfie stick. <laughs> Both are pretty cool. Mine's the Bucky Cap. I figured it would be. Probably just because it's Bucky Cap, not because of the Captain America wearing black pants. Possibly. <laughs> Red She-Hulk's pretty cool, too, though. And again, to make the only way to get that character an exclusive, that's a kick. Yeah. But like you said, a lot of these you're able to just snag later on, right? Yeah, they put them up, like, usually, like, Wednesday night, early Thursday morning. Last year, the ones you weren't able to get there, I was able to order while we were at dinner Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, we got that BB-8 yeah. right there on, on the phone. Yeah, we were sitting there drinking beer and eating barbecue, as I recall. 
But the thing is, they sell out so fast and they don't come back in stock. Sometimes you'll find one at a Walmart that just is there forever, but by and large, it's blink and you miss it. They're still hard to get. What's this new line that Funko has that hasn't quite made it over to Marvel yet? The the vinyl without a... Yeah, the vinyl. They just announced that it looks like yet another way of trying to have vinyl figures. It's like some of them, they just keep pumping out these lines. This is just a different style of cutesy. It's doing nothing for me, their Batgirl and Poison Ivy set. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of dig the style. It almost feels like that 60s style of cartoon animation, kind of like Rocky and Bullwinkle era, which I think, you know, it's it's different from the cuteness of pop, but I would have to see something in Marvel before I could make a decision on whether or not that'd be something I'd get into. What do you think of the Rock Candy line? Because that just recently started with the Marvel line. It started with DC. I've been able to skip that. This Gwenpool is what I'd call a target of opportunity. I am not going to hunt it down, but if I'm checking out from a store and they have that in stock when I'm getting my Tony Stark helmet figure or something, because it's an exclusive, I'll get it. I have zero rock candy figures currently. I see them in stores and I'm like, Fungo, you're just, you're putting out too many lines and they're too expensive. I think the rock candies are what, 15 or 20 bucks? Mm-hmm. And they just don't do enough for me for $20. Yeah, there's there's really no style there. I mean, it's just a figure that's slightly deformed. I'll tell you, though, my favorite, favorite pop they're offering this year, little blast for me, it's DC, not Marvel. That blue chrome Batman is gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, and since it is chrome, you know, that's going to be the one that in three years from now, people are going to be like, oh, it's $500. Yeah, that and the animated series Man Bat. I'm like, I kind of need those. <laughs> I, you know what? Since we're out outside of the Marvel universe, I I do have my eyes on the Wonder Twins with with Gleek. <laughs> <laughs> but it's impossible to get except online because this year they didn't even do a online. You could sign up for their tickets for preview night. They went to a Funko Pop forum of Funko fanatics. It's their official forums. And just gave them out there without even telling anyone. Well, no, they did tell you if you belong to the forums. Ah. But you have to abide by the requirements to even be eligible. So you have to have belonged like over a year, have X amount of posts, that kind of stuff. They have very well-run forums and there's very little drama in said forums. But yeah, you had to have... It wasn't like you could go join and suddenly win the ticket. You had to you know, been a member for like 12 or 18 months, that kind of thing, have like over 100 posts. That sounds fair enough to me. I think it's totally fair. Yeah. I mean, that's their audience. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, they treat their diehard customers very well. And then for the other days, though, it is the raffle ticket system where you have to line up and good luck. And throw elbows. Now, there is one other Marvel exclusive pop that's going to be the hardest of all to get you had to get tickets to conan o'brien you know he's doing shows at comic-con and at each show he's giving away one of four conan pops but they last year were selling those at the hyatt in the morning like when the store opened they had them in a ballroom at the hyatt that you could go buy them which i didn't find out until afterwards really yeah you just had to go line up and apparently the lines were just dead I'm Team Coco. I'd go for that Conan as Spider-Man and Conan as Jedi and maybe Conan as White Walker. Yeah, I mean, if, especially if they're easy to pick up. Well, if there's one thing we know about Comic-Con is that, you know, 
just because something happened one way last year doesn't mean it's going to happen the same way again this year. That's yeah. very true. For example, Gentle Giant, a company where I have bought a Marvel exclusive every year they've had the license, this year I'm skipping. Ooh. The only Marvel item they've done is a animated Spider-Man statue, and I'm not really doing that animated statue line, and it's not even in the same kind of Scotty Young style. I'm Look at this Spider-Man statue. It's probably going to be 40 or 50 bucks, and it's just not doing anything for me. Yeah, this is this feels like more of, you know, Marjorie's terrain. Does this look cutesy to you, Marjorie, or does it just kind of feel kind of blah? No, it feels kind of blah. And here's the thing. He's got a pumpkin head, and I don't like it. It's just, it seems to just take He's me- Peter Pumpkinhead? Yes, it's Peter Pumpkinhead. <laughs> right? I mean, doesn't look like it's stuck like a big old orange on his head. It's just, it's no, something's wrong with it. It also looks like the little chubby Sphero Spider-Man. It's like an orange on a toothpick. Yes, yes. <laughs> and there's no statues. There's no animal minibus that they've gotten me with every year. Nothing. I'm like, all right, well, there's some money saved. Which is good because Hot Toys actually had two exclusives. And so I spent all my money there. <laughs> <laughs> now, these are going to be available for pickup at Comic-Con. I've gone ahead and ordered them from Sideshow. They took the Bones Armor Iron Man, the Mark 41, and gave it the retro color, meaning it's now gold and red, and that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's cool looking for sure. I especially like how, again, just like the other Bones Armor, all the limbs come apart and have their own flying effect. Yeah, you can put that flame effect on there. But that one's one that I think a lot of people could skip. It's not canon, it's just, you know... I'm all in for Marvel Hot Toys, so I couldn't skip, but it's something where they took an old one and repainted it, which is good for an exclusive for people who want to skip. The harder one is the Shades Armor Iron Man. This is canonical. This is from the House Party Protocol, and this is already waitlisted on Sideshow's site. (sighs) I'm surprised this one hasn't been out yet. This is... I Actually, they do have one like this, right? This is a repaint of the shotgun armor. Right, but they have not done shades. They did shades in the six-inch Comic Cave line. Oh, that's right. And they never did them for this one. They're getting closer and closer to the entire house party protocol. But if you want that house party, you have to have this exclusive shades. Very nice. I wasted no time pre-ordering both. Both are waitlist, I should clarify. I just want to tell you this, and this might be slightly embarrassing for me. But I was scrolling through looking at this, and I really thought that was a Halo figure. The Shades armor? The Shades armor. Not necessarily a Halo, but I can see it being... Like Call of Duty? Yeah, some sort of video game character before Iron Man. But I thought it was camo. It, it is. is camo. Okay, but it looks like... Yeah, it looks like it's not Iron Man whatsoever. Well, you can take a trip over to ILM and find the graphic artist who designed this and tell him that he's fired because he's not staying in-universe. <laughs> Because it's in the movie. Seriously, I was going up and down this page going, where's this Iron Man? Where's this Iron Man? I see the first Iron Man. I don't see this other one. Oh, wait. It is the one that looks like it belongs in Halo. I'm just glad that they're doing convention exclusives that you can go to their booth and get again. Whereas in many years, they've been there, but their exclusives are like, just order them online. They have had their Sideshow Comic-Con experience online this past week where they're announcing a ton of new products, and it looks like I'm going to be in for quite a bit of money. They're going to be doing a bunch of new Marvel stuff. But the one thing that made me roll my eyes is they 
we'll probably see it at Comic-Con, they've announced a new premium format Wolverine coming. And I'm like, well, that's great, but I literally just got the Wolverine I pre-ordered two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) This one's going to be a companion piece to a premium format Magneto they announced. So I imagine maybe they have interlocking bases, but I'm like, dude, you just did this. This is like your third or fourth Wolverine premium format, depending on what you count the repaints as, as different figures. (laughs) Well, they gotta, they gotta go with what works, (laughs) but but you're right. Like with, with the length of pre-orders and delays in production, (laughs) it's like, you just got that other one and Hey, we've got another one ready to pre-order that you can pick up in 2020. Yeah. And, while we're talking about Sideshow in general and their announcements here, they put up for pre-order, honestly, perhaps the worst item Sideshow's ever made? Uh-oh. That life-sized Hulk bust is fugly. <laughs> yeah, that is rather scary. I'm going to side with you on that one. First of all, it looks like Monkey flung some poop on Hulk. I mean, it's got brown all over it. Like he's <laughs> been splattered by monkey poop. It's... I love Sideshow. So Sideshow, I'm sorry, but you done messed up on that Hulk. It's rare that Sideshow puts out a Marvel item, and at least a part of me doesn't go, am I buying it? (laughs) (laughs) I looked at that, I'm like, nope. Uh, Well, maybe they'll have one on on display. Maybe it's just the lighting and the photographs. But even, even if the colors aren't accurately portrayed on screen here, I'm not a huge fan of the sculpt. No, it's bad. I mean, I'm just being honest. It is bad. It's not a. I don't like the lip sneer. I don't like the way his chest tapers into a V. Yeah. yeah but I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm going to say they're coming out with a premium format Lady Deadpool that looks pretty kick ass. They've already put up for pre order the print of it. And you know, when they do a print, a premium format's coming very soon. I look forward to her joining my Deadpool. Yeah, that'll be cool. I wish it was 12 inch scale, but, you know. You don't like what they do with 12-inch scale, so... Exactly. So maybe we'll wait for Hot Toys to hop on that one. I'm looking forward to seeing their display at Comic-Con, because seeing it in person matters so much. I actually ordered their first two new fifth-scale Avengers maquettes. I ordered the Cap, I ordered the Iron Man. Then I didn't order the Thor, because I didn't like it, and they've just announced a Hulk. Gotta see it in person. And we're gonna be doing a lot of live video from Comic-Con, so you can check that out. Couple other quick hits, Monogram International, another company it looks like I won't be buying anything at because they're not doing an exclusive keychain set. I love oh, their keychains. They usually do that. Yeah. That's what they do is keychains and coasters. They're doing Beauty and the Beast keychains and they're doing I have a question, guys. Are you noticing a lack of something? Exclusives? Yeah. I'm wondering if the licensing is about to change. I don't know. The only Marvel exclusive they have is a bunch of lapel pins for, like, it's got a Spider-Man mask and a cap shield. I mean, you know, to us as fans, it seems like a good movie here because it is. I mean, we've had Guardians and now Spider-Man and Thor coming in the fall. But I can see licensees looking at this being like, eee. Do we really go all in on Guardians or do we go all in on Thor? Maybe there is some, you know, hold up with Spider-Man stuff with the two studios being involved again. Yeah, but Kotobukiya, every year we've done Marvelicious, there has been a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. And in fact, I had to go back. It's almost always a Bishojo 
I paid quite some good money for Comic-Con exclusives. I skipped pre-Marvelicious for some of those exclusives. There's no Marvel exclusive from them this year. Last year, they had some from Entertainment Earth and then others at the Kodo booth. They had that white Emma Frost. This year, they're doing a Harley Quinn in black and white, but that's it. Interesting. The only company not letting me down is Diamond Select Toys, who's doing four exclusive statues that we've talked about before, including that gorgeous Dark Phoenix. We talked about those last show. And then, of course, Hasbro with their Thor set and their 12-inch Daredevil. Those are the companies that are being consistent, but everybody else, them and Funko, Hasbro, Diamond, Funko are staying the course. Sideshow stepped up their game, but I feel like I'm not doing a lot of shopping this year. No Comic Cave exclusive, no Bluefin exclusives. Yeah, that's... uh, You're right, it's going to be a little bit lighter of a year running from booth to booth trying to figure out if we can get in line at the right time. Seriously, nothing that cool has come out this year. Now, we're still like a week and a half from the con. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. Maybe more is coming, but this year... Feels like I'm going to be keeping my card in my wallet a lot. This is going to be a really inexpensive Comic-Con for me. Yeah, I mean, guess who else is not on this list of things that generally get freaked out over? Mondo posters. They may still announce some stuff. They keep that pretty close to the vest. I'm really happy with Mondo this week, though. I'm smiling. They did a Spider-Man Homecoming poster. If you went to Caremark Theaters... You got a mini one, but you could get the full-sized one from Mondo, but it was a timed release. They put it up for two full days. It wasn't like they have 73 and you have to hurry and get it. So I was able to get that. I was happy. (laughs) But they may have something. I've given up on them, too. They're impossible to get. I just eBay them. Yeah, they haven't announced anything yet. And usually it's just variants of posters that have been out or will be out. Sure. One last bit of news, though. I did take part in a Hasbro Q&A, and one question I asked was this Daredevil 12-inch that's at Comic-Con. I said on the last show I had a feeling they wouldn't sculpt a whole new figure just for Comic-Con. Well, guess who's eating crow today? Oh. They said they can't say never, ever, ever, but there are no plans whatsoever for this Daredevil 12-inch figure to be released You're not just paying for the Joe Casada art box and the lithographs inside. If you want a 12-inch Daredevil, this Comic-Con release is the only way to get it. Interesting. And now here's my prediction. This will be the one that's available on Hasbro Toy Shop for three months after the con. Yeah. (laughs) And they have announced Hasbro. You know, they're having their (laughs) HasCon in September. And we laugh, and I kind of looked at that as a... My little transforming pony kind of con that I didn't really need to pay attention to. But I may be going to Hascon. <laughs> oh, no. First, they've said that for Marvel and Star Wars, they will have shared convention exclusives. So I'm betting their San Diego Comic-Con Marvel exclusives will be over at Hascon. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But more importantly, I'm... Getting validation on this fact. I want to be sure what the press release said is correct. However, one of the press releases from HasCon says, quote, Just announced panels, meet and greets, and autograph sessions with entertainment icon James Gunn. Ooh, well. 
So James Gunn is going to have Kong. Now, a late this press release specifically says, including panels, meet and greets, and autograph sessions with James Gunn, writer and director, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2, and Stan Bush, singer The Touch and tra- from Transformers the Movie. That's like saying, I'm meeting with the president and my state selectman. <laughs> <laughs> These are two people on very different levels. James Gunn and Stan Bush. But I have asked for clarification. What I've gotten clarification is James Gunn is doing a moderated panel. If James Gunn is doing an autograph session, you will find me at Hascom. Also, during that Hasbro Q&A, I got to ask one other question. I asked about broken joints a lot of people have been complaining on our facebook page twitter they're getting new legends and before they can even get them out of the package limbs have broken off have you had any of this justin yeah knock on wood not recently but then again i haven't been able to open a lot of my toys lately because we were so far behind on our reviews but <laughs> I've, I've opened a few here and there and i i haven't had you know anything happen a few years ago i was having a hell of a time finding a three and three quarter inch red she hulk without breaking an arm so i sent you one loose yes (laughs) (laughs) well a lot of people have been complaining they said that you know i got their stock answer we're always trying to improve our process we've heard this feedback it's always a question of how rigid the plastic needs to be versus how malleable and they're working on it it's kind of a non-answer but at least i raised the problem but if you have questions for hasbro we do have an exclusive q a with them at Comic-Con. So post your questions in our forums in response to this thread. That's where we're going to be looking. We want to know what you want us to ask Hasbro at Comic-Con. And if you're at Comic-Con, stop and say hi, but definitely follow us on Facebook. We're going to be doing a lot of Facebook live videos from there. We're going to then compile those into a podcast. We have a podcast after the show. We're going to edit them up a little prettier and put them on YouTube. But if you want the latest news, Follow us on Facebook and Twitter because we're going to be live from the Hasbro line. We're going to be live from the Hasbro booth. We're going to be doing a live Q&A with Hasbro. So follow us on Facebook, MarveliciousToys.com. So that sounds like a whole lot of more for next week. So we'll be back one week from today for Preview Night. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. At the site, you can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for Marvel toys, talk and trade toys in the Marvelicious forums, and much more. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. Marvelicious Toys is a fan-run show that relies on listener support to keep the show going. You can pledge to our Podbean fundraising campaign by going to MarveliciousToys.com support. Backers get rewards including exclusive video content, early show releases, and more. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star written review on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at MarveliciousToys.com. We want your feedback on Marvelicious Toys. You can email us at show at MarveliciousToys.com or post your thoughts in our forums. You can also find Marvelicious Toys on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. 
find all those links at MarveliciousToys.com. We want to hear your thoughts on Marvel collectibles. You can leave reports of your latest toy finds as well as product reviews by emailing an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at MarveliciousToys.com. All content received is subject for use on the show. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at SWActionNews.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Artie Carvalho. Video editing by Barrett, Andrew, and Daryl. Website design by Jason. Graphic design by Justin. Photo editing by Jeff, Scott, and Curtis. Announcements by Brock. Segments created by Jerry and Jeff. If you want to hear reviews of every movie ever based on Marvel Comics, check out those reviews and hundreds more on the Now Playing Podcast at nowplayingpodcast.com. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2017, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Our review for that did go out yesterday. Are you okay? No, are you they're back. A- what? I just popped on to look for Comic-Con exclusives. Frenzies are back. For Marvel? Tokidoki Frenzies for Marvel. Where, where's right. this all at? I'll, I'll put the link. I'm sorry, just I was looking for exclusives. While you- I thought she was having a heart attack. She started breathing shallow and grabbed her chest. I got really well, excited. And then she said they're back. I thought like maybe you guys were being attacked or something. Like- there you go. <laughs> Look out behind you, Arnie. They're back. They want their money. There's a Groot. And they come in different boxes. Tokidoki. Sorry, I got really excited. I, I still can't say it. Tokidoki. 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 Like, like okey-doki. you're choking a joint? Tokidoki. There you go. So you maybe got- you can buy a case of Comic-Con. Yeah.